Hey, Ben, how are you doing this afternoon? Uh, I'm doing well. A little bit tired. You know, we had the time change, and so my body's still adjusting to some of all that, but uh, yeah. really well. How about you? Doing well. Now, have you gotten a chance to kind of get away uh, as a family recently, Ben? Yes, just this past week. It was a short trip, and it, we didn't have to go that far, but we went to the Great Wolf Lodge. Which Are you familiar with that? We are, yeah. There, there's like 70 of them. Okay, I didn't know how I'd seen. It seemed like there were just you know a handful of them around, but um, probably closer so anyway. to that. But regardless, um, so yeah, we went. It was the first time we'd ever been, and uh, the kids had a real big time and wore us all out. So that was enjoyable. Nice. That sounds fun. So, yeah, it's been a bit since uh, we've traveled much of anywhere. You know, especially with COVID, uh, we haven't been away from home or even away from our home church much recently. I assume that's been the case with you guys as well. Uh, for the most part, there's there was a little bit of traveling uh, over Thanksgiving last year, and then uh, I think in the fall we did make a trip to see my in-laws right before Pennsylvania clamped down on their travel restrictions. So just a little bit. Yeah. So anyway, so uh, I, I thought it's appropriate to talk about going away from home because I, I thought today would be a good time to discuss. Uh, going to church when you're away from home uh, and how to handle kind of a churchy things when the times where you have to be away from home or, you know, you choose to be away from home on vacation. So I want to ask you, Ben, what did your family do on Sundays when you are away from your home church? To tell you the truth, I don't remember very well when I was a kid. I mean, it didn't happen a whole lot. Um, and so I just don't remember it honestly depends now with my you know, wife and children uh, where we are. We have, whenever we're traveling to see family, usually the two folks that were, or sets of family that we're going to see, there's one that, yes, we will be in church. Um, my, uh, this one relative is a pastor, and so we'll be, you know, and actually the last time we went there, I was preaching uh, for them. Um, and that's not always the case, but yes, we are there and participate. Um, there's another set of family that we'll go visit that they do not regularly attend church. And, uh, we have been to church with them before, you know, in in their hometown. Um, but that is not, I will say that's not usually what happens. Okay. So, yeah. How about you? For us, you know, we used to just take those Sundays off for the most part. Uh, you know, I think of like, uh, every couple of years, my our in laws who are Christians will do a like a family union at a beach somewhere. Actually, we saw each other uh, because of that one time, and uh, mm-hmm. and I so and we would almost always just you know make that a beach day or whatever, or miss uh, a church on a Sunday when we're visiting uh, my parents or whatever. Uh, but uh, now and over the past several years, uh, we either visit Danielle's home church and we're in North Carolina. Uh, which we're often at because uh, her parents live there, or we will find a small church to worship with in some way, shape, or form. You know, obviously, if um, in light of COVID, it was been trickier, but uh, we, we generally try whenever possible to visit a church on a Sunday, even if it's a substantial inconvenience. I mean, I remember even, you mentioned Great Wolf Lodge. We went to a... Um, 
we were visiting a similar thing to Great Wolf Lodge a couple years ago in Illinois, maybe three years ago, and we we had to be there Sunday afternoon. So we ended up actually just driving up to Wisconsin from Illinois and visiting a church that was literally on the way. Uh, and but I'll say we're really been super glad that we made that change, uh, and that's been a consistent thing in our life. It's been a very positive experience for us. Good. Now, what do most Christians do when they're kind of away on Sundays, whether they're visiting families, on vacation, or whatever? Uh, I think they probably do whatever they went to that destination to do, uh, and that's probably not gathering with God's people. I think often, um, and I know of people that do go to church. Uh, I would say probably I know more people that do not. They just you know keep on with their vacation plans. Yeah. So I would venture to agree with you on that. So most, um, yeah, most don't take that Sunday off there or whatever, uh, or they, you know, go, they spend that time at the beach or something like that. I think more and more people nowadays will stream their home church, especially in light of COVID where almost every church is doing some kind of streaming and then they make that their kind of worship service of streaming uh, while they're at the beach or while they're, you know, wherever. So, uh, but- it's funny because I didn't even really think about that option. I mean, because increasingly people, even before COVID um, and before live streaming was as prevalent as it is now, I think, you know, they're just, we're not like, they may miss two Sundays out of the month gathering with the church. And so going on vacation, going far away, whatever is not that big of a deal, you know, so yeah, I think it's happening more and more. I th- we're seeing, you know, I even know people that, you know, they they just whenever they're on vacation now, they've just decided that's the thing they're going to stream their home church. Hmm. Okay. So, which, you know, probably is better than not, but uh and we'll get into that more. But how are yeah. these Sunday decisions biblical and theological ones? Well, first off, everything is, I mean, even if you can't point to a Bible verse or some direct theme, there's wisdom and uh, there are biblical principles that would apply. But the New Testament does prioritize the gathering of God's people, and even on the first day of the week, you know, when Jesus rose, um, you look in Acts, and the even as the church grows very large, very quickly, they're looking for the whole group to get together, even I mean, when there's thousands of people, and it talks about that, you know, they gathered in Solomon's colonnade, something like that. And at this point, I mean, again, multiple thousands of people, they're trying to find a spot where they can all gather. And so if the New Testament is prioritizing that, and I don't, I don't think it's just descriptive, I think it is prescribing that for us, um, then we need to pay attention. Um, and our lives as Christians or Jesus followers, it is irreducibly horizontal. It's not just about our personal relationship with Jesus, though we do have to have a personal relationship with the living God. Uh, so I'm not denying that. But again, going back to the way Scripture describes it, um, there's all these one another's in in Scripture about how we follow Him, and we obey His commands, we abide in His Word, and we're to love one another. Well, it's hard to do all the loving one another and all those other one another's if we're not with one another. Yeah. So, 
Uh, I would add another theological area this comes in is in sanctification. Christians have long understood, based on teachings of the Bible, uh, that God has ordinary means of grace. It's an ordinary means mm-hmm. that He uses to grow Christians, and all of those are really, really boiled down to the worship service. and uh, And I think the local church is the chief way that that we grow. And so one might feel like, oh, you know, I can, you know, I can have family worship or a place that even for a time. But I, I don't think that God's going to work in that same kind of sanctification apart from what God has prescribed for His people together. Uh, I think also, you know, there's that element of ecclesiological theology, which is basically theology of the local church. Um, and when, you know, we've talked about how people, sometimes people stream, and, and that's a big theology question, whether streaming a worship service is remotely church, uh, which, mm-hmm. uh, spoiler, I'm going to say it's not. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and then some, you know, biblical passages that I would consider. Uh, a passage that we've referred to before is Hebrews 10, 24-25. And let us consider how to stir one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together as the habit of some, but encouraging one another all the more as you see the day drawing near. Uh, and, and I think another interesting passage, you know, I, which really stresses Paul's desire to actually do church with people that he's far away from, people that are not his normal worship service uh, family members. Uh, he Paul says, for I long to see you that I may impart to you some spiritual gifts to strengthen you. That is, we may be mutually encouraged by each other's faith, both yours and mine. So I think the Bible seems to teach that when we worship, even when we worship with people that we would never see otherwise, God does a unique work and and that we are encouraged as brothers and sisters in Christ. Yeah, I, I, I would agree with you. At least, you know, large brushstrokes. Yeah. Why does it matter if you go to church or not when you can't go to your home church? Well, I mean, back to the scriptural and theological uh, trajectories or principles that are there, I mean, it, the Bible commands us to gather with God's people. Um, and so, I mean, even as we were thinking about this, I'm like, I'm not always the best example of this. And you said you, you, this was not your practice always as well. Um, and, but I do think the the habits and the patterns of grace that you're forming for your family, and this, you just read the passage from Hebrews, but uh, this command to not forsake assembling together. Now, I, I don't, I don't think that means if you ever miss a Sunday, then you're in you know, soul-threatening sin. Um, with that said, you have to look at your motives. Yeah. I mean, if you're sick or something like that, if you have COVID, um, you need to stay home from church out of, as an act of love. But um, but just that the, the patterns of your family are ways that... Um, David Mathis has got a book called Habits of Grace. And he's talking about spiritual disciplines, but they are things that, that put us... You talked about this, the regular means of grace. It, it's putting us in the position to receive grace from God and uh, for him to transform us to be like Christ. And so uh, I think it does matter, and, and it has made me think about my own practice, in the few occasions that we're in a position where we're not with you know, people that are normally going to church. Uh, what else would you add to that? Uh, yeah, so those, those are some good points. And by the way, though, I think that God, God has really shaped me in this over the past several years. This is not to say that I, I am not a hypocrite in many of the areas that we talked about and that uh, I, I think Ben has been more shaped by the Spirit than I have uh, in so many ways. Oh. <laughs> I don't know, brother. You, you pushed me along too. So I, <clears throat> uh, I would just add, I think 
we need, shouldn't understand that the, the body of Christ is not just our local body. You know, and I think that's an important statement to make that God's body, Christ's body, is expressed in even these little churches that we would never think to visit. I, I mean, I even think we see, say that I was, you know, we were going to another country uh, and that speaks another language. I mean, the churches that are there, that is God's body. That is the body of Christ in the same way that our local church is. And we have unity with them in that same kind of way. Uh, and so with that, when we go to church, uh, when we're not able to go to our home church, we are doing this. To, we're seeing family. So it's funny. You know, I think we often skip church on these so that we can see family. But in a, a far more true sense as Christians, when we go to these churches that we never would go to otherwise, we are actually going to truly see our family. So I think we also will end up setting a tradition that church is a priority for a family. That it's not just a priority when something uh, that until something more interesting or something better comes up, or you know until family comes up. This is church is a priority for a family. That's a good point. Now, is it best to stream your home church in these cases when you're out of town, if possible? Or, you know, another church if your church doesn't stream? I'm going to almost always uh, prefer and refer to incarnate worship. Not to say that there can't be some benefit drawn from streaming and or even just listening to podcasts and YouTube videos and, and all the rest or cassette tapes, whatever. Um, but that in-person gathering is, is different. That's, that's what we're called to. So I think even if your church is healthier, you, you're, whoever's preaching that Sunday, your pastor is a better preacher, more biblical, more empowered by the Spirit, whatever, um, that it may actually be better to humble yourself and go to this, like you're talking about going to these little small churches or something, and there's nothing wrong with being a small church, um, but going to, to actual flesh and blood people, and because it's, you're not just there for a sermon, though that is a big yeah. part of you there to submit yourself to God's Word. That's not the only thing that's going on. It's not just this commodity that we go to, the, you know, the religious drive-through yeah. to get the sermon and then leave. Yeah, that's good, so. I want to preface my response by similar to what you said. I think live streams are are really a great resources for those that are homebound. Uh, I would never command somebody to watch a live stream. Uh, but uh, and, but I do think that a live stream, when possible, is better than nothing. I mean, even our state, yeah. most states had lockdowns uh, for a while, and I think it's probably was a good, wise practices for families to watch a live stream. I don't think that is in any sense church, though. Uh, but and and that goes to it's important to understand that church online is nonsensical. It just doesn't exist. Uh, and. and you yeah. call it whatever you want to call it, but it doesn't. That doesn't exist, uh, and I think that you lose the incarnational benefits that come from coming in person. Uh, it's you know I've heard actually I I know some Christian leaders that basically refer to it as like a chapel, and that's cool. That's fine. There's benefits of a chapel, but uh, there is a strong difference between what's posted online and what is church. Yeah, I, I mean it, it is a distinction that you have to make. Yeah. So, how can Christian families find a church to attend when they're on vacation then? Well, I mean, first you may ask your pastor or some other Christians that you know, hey, we're going to such and such place. Do you know of a good church there? Um, 
you there I mean there's the internet which can be the best and the worst of everything but maybe you know you're part of a denomination or some kind of church uh, planting network or, or whatever uh, look on there and there are ways to, to find those things um, uh, something I've looked at before and and not to say that you're necessarily going to find a good one um, and, and these these websites that have some of the uh, a search of churches that maybe uh, endorse their principles or that kind of thing would um they're not screening all of these and, yes. and they're not endorsing them but um websites like nine marks.org or uh, the gospel coalition they have church searches uh where you can see there are churches who have self-aligned themselves with whatever that ministry is but again it doesn't mean that it's a good church uh 100 but um yeah so i mean i think those are some places but i, I think the, the personal um route would be good. Maybe, maybe the pastor has a friend or, you know, something like that. So, yeah, um, I think those are all really good. Uh, I especially want to endorse, you know, when possible, I think nine marks and gospel question are great for this though. Like you said, you know, nobody's vetting that. Uh, but, uh, I'll, I'll add, especially in light of COVID, one thing to keep in mind, uh, when you're trying to find a church to attend one on vacation, uh, so, you know, there actually might be cases where there's limits right now, you know, where you'd have to pre-register by a certain time to attend a church. And, and just, I think it's important to be mindful of that. If you're ever in a situation where you're going to be visiting a different church now, uh, I, I think also, you know, when you do find some churches, whether it be on, you know, sbc.net or whatever, or through that recommendation, I, I think it's probably a wise idea to call them ahead, uh, you know, not for a variety of reasons. And I think even to get a parking spot. Yeah, exactly. You need to make sure you do uh, to navigate questions. And like for us, actually, you know, we value that when we're going to church on vacation is a time where, you know, we can all worship together. All, all of our kids benefit from the worship service. And, uh, and, you know, and so we've, we've called to see kind of what the practice is with that. You know, I've known of cases where, you know, even visiting our guests have been actively kind of discouraged uh, from worshiping as a family. And so we try to make sure that we don't, we don't want to cause any kind of disruption. Uh, but we also want to make sure it's something that, that's good for the spiritual health of our whole family. Mm-hmm. That's, that's wise. Now, should we just show up last minute and skedaddle uh, to get back to the beach when the sermon is done? <laughs> well, I mean, I don't know that you would necessarily be in sin if you did. Yeah. But I think it would be good to stay and try to encourage the saints some. I think some of that's going to depend on temperament and that kind of thing. Uh, someone who's much more extroverted they're going to stay and they're they're just looking for people to talk to whereas people who are more introverted aren't necessarily geared that way and so they may do that at their own church but, but they have these existing relationships and so i mean i, I would not make it a, a huge thing to put on someone's conscience that you know you need to stay at least 30 minutes and talk to this many people and um that kind of thing but i think i mean in general looking to to do good to others uh and like you said i mean they are family yeah, absolutely. Well, and that's, I, I think, to go to. Uh, the main reason why you're going is for the ordinary means of grace, not for the time before or after to participate in that. Uh, mm-hmm. But that being said, I think it's probably wise, you know, this is a wisdom issue, uh, you know, when possible to not just make it a consumer, like, check in and check out awkwardly. Uh, but uh, I because I, I think this is, you know, 
that church is your family members in Christ that we're going to spend eternity with. And I think it's sometimes wise to meet with people before and after when possible. I, I even know, know there's been situations where we've been, unfortunately, sometimes we haven't been able to because of other commitments. But, you know, I, we would love to perhaps in the future be able to when asked to get a lunch with uh, somebody after church. But don't make it weird, you know. <laughs> Treat somebody to lunch maybe if you meet on vacation, you know. Oh, there you go. A wise choice. But what are the what are the unique benefits that come with worshiping with a different congregation than your home congregation? Well, one, and this is a I don't know a pragmatic kind of thing, but I think it could lead to spiritual fruit, is that you get to feel like an outsider or something of an outsider, mm-hmm. even if you recognize okay these probably most of these people in this room are my brothers and sisters in Christ, there's a culture and a whole way of doing things and maybe even some level of insider language that they have uh, that you don't have. They know where to go in the building, you don't. Um, it's just some of those kinds of things. And so getting to feel like an outsider, which could help you think about your own church and when you're there and think, oh, you know, when a visitor comes, um, that, hey, maybe I should go out of my way to help that person feel welcome. Because uh, especially, you know, someone comes in, even if they're a believer, they don't know how everything you do at your church. Um, some churches are really good at at recognizing that. Other churches are not. Um, and especially if they're lost, I mean, it's really like, what are these people doing? Um, and so helping you to minister in the future and think about that. Um, I think you can also be encouraged and reminded of God's work in another place, you know, that your church is not the only thing going on. Mm-hmm. And that uh, that God is at work here, and so that can be good for your own soul. And uh, people can have all kinds of attitudes towards their own church, from thinking they're the best to complaining about it and, and stuff. And so, just being reminded um, of God's goodness and His power. And uh, so, yeah. Uh, what else do you? What yeah. comes to your mind? So. I thought, you know, especially if we're in cross-cultural context, but I think even then, you know, sometimes going across the state border is a cross-cultural to a degree context. Uh, you know, it can show us our blind spots and, and give us a wider perspective on things in ways that sometimes our home church can't. Uh, I think it can encourage us as we feel sometimes alone in the Christian faith. It's like it is super encouraging, just as Paul refers to, to visit and see. Yeah, even in the strange city, there are believers that love Jesus fiercely. Uh, I think mm-hmm. it also produces in that way joy in the strangers that we're going to spend eternity with, uh, in a really tangible way. Um, and lastly, I think it might show unhealth in our church that we need to address, uh, I think is an important thing, you know, to give us that kind of different perspective and something that, you know, we, we have maybe have ignored. I don't think you do that as an attack approach, but it, it can open our eyes sometimes in a helpful way. Yeah, yeah, that's true. So, all right. Now, how might our attendance benefit the churches that we will never see again? Again, being encouraged and reminded um, that just like you can experience it, oh, God is at work somewhere else than our church, they can see, oh, look, there's there's believers from this other place. And just knowing, if, if they know that we're there, and being encouraged in the Lord in that. Um, I think maybe it would cause them to, some of them, to consider, okay, huh, I've not gone to church when I've been on vacation. Maybe... Maybe I should do that. Um, and so 
you know, it may be good patterns for the souls of individuals and families and just the health of the, the church and their commitment to gathering with God's people in a bigger sense. Now, we're talking like, you know, way down the line, but the Lord may use it that way. Yeah. Um, I mean, some people may contribute financially to the church. Um, I mean, I personally, if I go, I, I don't know, I would not feel compelled to do that, um, but some some may feel compelled or just want to and uh, out of a, a generous heart. And so... I mean, that, those are some, some basic things. Anything else that you would see? Those are good. So I, I would say similar to what I brought up about the benefits for us, I think it encourages them as I think my guess is that often they might feel alone in their walk and their Christian walk sometimes. And so I think also for them seeing, you know, somebody from this faraway city, you know, visiting them, I think is a great relief and a help. Uh, I, I think it can give them opportunities of kingdom service as well. And actually, it's funny, now we, we go as a family, uh, the whole family. But when our youngest was a little younger, I remember a time uh, where we we, would li- we were in favor for bringing their sharif was offered. And the, a church that we visited, it was a very small church, and they didn't have re- uh, regular nursery. And they were actually, like, pumped because, uh, you know, there was this this older woman that really uh, had volunteered, you know, that she, that they, her and another younger woman uh, would serve in nursery when people came that needed nursery. And they were really excited to have this opportunity to serve the Lord in that capacity. And that's not nothing. Uh, mm-hmm. And I think it might connect them with healthy churches they can partner with, perhaps, or connect you with healthy churches that you can partner with in the same way. Yeah, that's true. Now, how does this benefit the spiritual lives of our kids as well, Ben? I think it can help them see our priorities um, and that, that we make gathering with God's people the norm, despite the circumstances. And you've mentioned this phrase earlier, and you've said this in some other context at some point when we've been talking on a podcast, and I've repeated it many times just in conversations with people. Uh, So thank you for this. But you're talking about uh, we don't just do church. We don't just do Jesus until something else more fun comes along. Um, And so I think it helps our kids to see that, oh, yeah, even when we're not at home at our church, uh, God is a big deal. And uh, a guy, Stephen, that you know, the missionary doctor, uh, talked about that. You know, we can say God is valuable, but uh, we can live, we have to live like God is valuable. And I think this is one way of doing that. Uh, and, and again, I mean, the, uh, typically we're going to be at our place. Most people, you're going to be at your place. And I, I don't know. I mean, you said you have felt convicted about it. And, and it, I did feel a twinge in my own conscience thinking about some of these things. But I think that it can have that effect for our kids. Yeah, that's good. So, well, you ripped off a lot of what I was going to say because <laughs> based on another one, I can be repetitive, I know. So, uh, yeah, so I think th- those are all very true. On top of that, uh, I think that our kids can see role models of the faith that are very different. And this might be especially true, you know, when, you know, they're visiting another country and they see role models of faith that enjoy tea over coffee and they need to pray for them for that. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Uh, 
Uh, I think they will also, our kids will also value a church whenever they go uh, out of our house, whenever they leave our churches, and uh, and when they go to church as well, you know, they'll see the value of church. And they will not just uh, feel that the church they grew up in, uh, in they're up in is their kind of home church, and that's kind of, you know, just their church experience. I, I think I've seen cases where, you know, young people grow up and they graduate out of the youth group and everything, and they stop going to church church and they see it as like, oh, I'm still connected to my home church, even if I'm living far away. Uh, but instead, they might see it as something that, you know, we should be connected to church regardless of where we're at. And our church is not the church. Yeah, that's a good point. I, I do hear some people still referring to a church that they're not. I mean, maybe they have some level of relationship, but they, they're not even a member of it, but they still refer to it as their home church. And uh, I don't know. It's it's a, is that like a Southern thing or? <laughs> I don't know. It's definitely something that it happens around here too. So, okay. but uh, now should we go to church when we are visiting family that we seldom see? I know this kind of puts the rubber to the road and what would that teach our kids if we actually do this? So I, I think it can be good too. And it can show our kids that our allegiance to Jesus is even greater than uh, our allegiance to our family. And we love our family, but Jesus does call us to to love him greater, to, to hate our father and mother. Obviously, that's he's speaking um, in extremes to get our attention, but we are, our commitment to him is to be greater. And it may send the, the message as well to that extended family that uh, Jesus is even more important. And so maybe they'd come with us, but um, I, I think it definitely would get our kids' attention. Yeah, so I, I would agree that we. I think we definitely should go to church, even if the visit is short. And again, I, I definitely don't see this as like the unforgivable sin by any stretch of the imagination, but I think it's not nothing either. Uh, mm-hmm. This, uh, I think this shows our kids, especially, that spiritual family is really actually greater than physical family, uh, which is something we don't appreciate nearly enough anymore. But I mean, ultimately, you know, if, you know, say that, uh, if, say, I had a brother that's not a Christian, uh, the it's more true. It is more true that you, Ben, are my brother than that person is my brother. Uh, and I will relate to you as brother, Ben, for far, 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 far longer than I would any person that's not a Christian. And that's important to teach our kids. Uh, and, uh, and, and lastly, I think that extended family might uh, go and benefit as well, even if we get skeptical that they won't. Uh, and this applies to our saved family members or our lost family members. Uh, we've encountered that where we've done this, where you know, we've had lost people, people that know Jesus, that have joined us. Uh, and we've also actually had cases where we, when we started to do that, where we've had Christian family members that, you know, saw a family time, extended family time as a time to kind of take off from church. And, and then they rethought that and they, you know, they benefited from joining us and worshiping together with us as well. Now, should we go to the church, the family members that we visit go to? Like, should we go to their home church always when we're visiting them? Uh, maybe. It depends, though. I would tend toward, if it's not a a seriously aberrant church in, in their belief and their practice, um, I would tend to go with them. Um, I don't know, you know, that I've worked it all out as to what criteria would make me rethink that. Um, but I, I do know um, my wife's family when they were growing up, um, if they would go visit 
one of her grandparents, they would not go to her church. Uh, and it was because of that. Um, and so there were theological reasons. And But their uh, the grandma would, would go with them to whatever church they chose. And um, But it was just, you know, they, they didn't want to take their, my wife's parents didn't want to to go and then take their children as well to a church that really wasn't preaching the gospel, um, at least not clearly, and uh, from the pulpit. And so, you know, in a case like that, I, I think that's the right decision. But you were talking about going to these smaller churches, and I think there can be benefit to that. Um, but I, again, I think it's a, I think it's a wisdom call. What do you, yeah. what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I would say sometimes we should go, like you say. Uh, and, and I would say that if we are in agreement on first and second tier issues, especially. Uh, and we've talked about theological triage before, but, you know, if they don't get the gospel right, I, I think we cannot. I, I think we're actually pretty much forbidden from going in that context. Uh, and second tier, you know, that becomes trickier, but I would see, you know, a church that is that, you know, it does not line up with us on some of these core issues, especially less. I think that's probably less the case on like a baptism where it's not going to be a frequently occurring secondary issue. But I would say, you know, like woman pastors and, you know, a lot of things that might be secondary, I think could probably be ones that produce a bigger question. Uh, and actually, I think if we agree on these first two tier issues, I'd probably, I'm not going to be legalistic. You know, if you go to whatever church, go to whatever church. Uh, but uh, I'd probably recommend in these cases that you go as a family with your to your family member's church. Because I think that it produces family unity and even unity in the gospel. Mm-hmm. Uh, but again, I'm not going to bind consciences on here. Uh, but the... But then I think the trickier issue is, again, where if they get the gospel right, but they're wrong on secondary issues, uh, I am inclined personally towards no, but, you know, I would respect somebody who would say yes to go in there. Actually, even for us, we had a time where we visited some family in Massachusetts, and uh, a we did not know that was going to be the case, but... A, there was a, a woman guest pa- guest preacher or something like that, and uh, I I left the service and uh, I just hung out in the lobby for the rest of the service and and Daniel actually joined me with that uh, and I think for me in that case I just didn't feel like I felt like I would have been in sin if I had participated in that um, the uh, but I think clearly like you know if you have like a first tier issue for example you know if it's a Catholic church or a liberal church. Uh, you should never go, even if it hurts feelings, and it very much may hurt feelings. Yeah, and one of my wife's family thing, it was a, a mainline Lutheran church that just was not clear on the gospel, plus probably compromising in other areas. Um, though there were a group of ladies in the church who they they did get together and study the Word and things like that, and using materials that were sound. Um, and so, but I, yeah, I think... Depending on what second level issue, I mean, you mentioned like like baptism would be a second level issue, but um, now I mean maybe if you found out though that they were going to have a uh, a time of dedication for pet moms and dads or dedicating <laughs> the pets, you know, you could make a special trip for that. Uh, <laughs> maybe no, and that's you know I'll say with the, you know if you avoid your a church, especially over first tier issues, I do think that you need to prepare for the difficult conversations. And I've known Christians that actually, you know, find it easier to, um, they, you know, they've got, can in this case, uh, Roman Catholic family members, and it's easier for them just not to go to church because they had, it was extremely difficult time with family members when they went to a church and it was a mm. different church. Uh, you know, it was a different level of rejection. But I still think 
it's worth doing. And I think it, and those awkwardness and uncomfortable situations could actually produce uh, strong gospel conversations. Yeah, I think you're right. Now, how should families prepare to visit a church for the first and probably, in some cases, only time? I think in some ways, like you would prepare to go to your own church, pray for your, your own hearts, and, um, you know, your kids, uh, pray for that church, uh, pray for their gospel witness and their life together, their unity, those kinds of things. Uh, I mean, you certainly wouldn't have to do this, but you could try to find out what they're preaching. Uh, you're certainly not in sin if you don't. Uh, I've heard of someone who that's his practice when he goes to a, he's going to be visiting a place. He knows the church he's going to go to. He finds out what they're going to be preaching on so he can be preparing his own soul, reading that in the week. Um, some, I mean, that may be your practice at your own church. You know what's coming next. Uh, you may not, though. And so uh, th- those are some basic things. But, I mean, what else would you say? I mean, those are, I, I think, the main things to get at. One thing I would just add is uh, when you research that, uh, and, and I, I would encourage it, like praying for them in family worship and reading those passages if possible. Uh, but I think also research expectations of that church, uh, as you really don't want to disrupt and, and, and I think an example of this, you know, there are some churches that are more formal than others. And I probably, you know, if I was a member of a church that was really, really stringent upon, uh, upon what you were at a church, that would probably be something I would address eventually. Uh, however, you know, if I'm visiting a church like that, I don't want to cause any dis- I don't want to cause any disunity. I don't want to cause any trouble. Uh, I actually did cause that one time. The first church I visited in college, I I didn't know that uh, this was frowned upon, and I wore a cowboy's jersey and a cowboy's hat, and uh, I was actually brought up in the sermon that Sunday. So, yeah, so I probably wouldn't do that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, true story. Yeah, I mean, you're not looking to distract or to, to grind an axe, or you shouldn't be. Yeah. So. Now, how can families experience long-term spiritual growth through these kind of one-time meetings of brothers and sisters in the Lord? Well, I mean, God can always do something special. Uh, I think I've, I've read John Piper talk about it, call it, describe it, an immeasurable moment. And I, I mean, really, that can happen all the time, where the Lord just takes something from the the Word, from something that's prayed, that's sung, and it just grabs your heart. But that's, I think that's not the norm, that's not the every week, at least it's not been in my life. Um, and so I think it's more along the lines of just building those patterns and habits of grace, and the 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 normal means of grace that, that God uh, meets you as you gather to, to listen to his word, to claim his praise, to call it him in prayer. And so, um, it, but it's the, more the long term, the big picture. Yeah, that's good. So I would just say, I, I think you should keep these, uh, these new friends that you develop through this as kind of long term prayer focuses. And, uh, you know, maybe whether it be the, when the pastors of the church or somebody that you happen to meet, I mean, consider praying for them every once in a blue moon, uh, just, you know, as a blessing to the brother and sister in the Lord. And, and I would also say make sure that they have tools to find congregations uh, like this. So and I think for your family, I, I think that's a long-term change we can have. I, I think we as families can know that, you know, this is something that we can routinely do. And even your kids know that, you know, when they're out of town, how they can go about, you know, so it, they're not lost in the process one day in the future. Yeah, that's a good idea. 
me. All right, well, it was a good conversation to have with you about something I think that is really rarely talked about. Yeah, I agree. Um, it, it was it's it's almost like a niche thing, but I think it was worth giving some time to. You know, and maybe one day uh, we can go to uh, a place on a beach, and uh, maybe there's a church that's going to be meeting on the beach, and you can surf while you listen to the sermon. That sounds cool. That does sound cool. <laughs> All right. Well, it was a good conversation, Ben, and I hope that our listeners are blessed through this. Yes. Amen. And God bless.